0: Blog talk radio. Here we are again.
1: Look, it's a duet. <laughs> Always. Always. Here we have uh we have the uh ever exclusive, intriguing Mr Doctor. I, I think I'm gonna give him an honorary doctorate degree. Uh,
0: I don't think so. <laughs> pressure's on i just want to be the neighbor next door who has something to say once in a while
1: that's it you know what you are kind of like a um a groovy version of mr rogers (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a what does he say it's a beautiful day in in the neighborhood it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood as a matter of fact before we started today i said to ron i want to be having this conversation with you on the in the picture behind you and we're we're going through their horseback you know and having the conversation because it is that beautiful of a day in the neighborhood so i'm dr deb carlin and this is ron williams and we are co-hosting the show called the daily show with us and as always this is the k factor where k equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And what I haven't been saying this year, but which is the truth, is that this show is always sponsored by Partners in Excellence. And that's what Ron and I are. We are Partners in Excellence, doing things to shoulder it up together, to do good work, to do wonderful things for the world of humanity. Now, yeah. you like that? So, um, <clears throat> Ron we've had conversations about events and things that we each do and things we'd like to do together and how we deliver messaging and wordsmithing. And, you know, people talk a lot about motivational speakers and motivational events and wanting to be motivated. And when you and I have talked about that, you've sort of taken motivation and put it in a different category and talked about inspiration. So, well, you've got some interesting ideas about that. I'd really like to hear. And you had, you had referred to something called a recipe of inspiration. So can you talk about that, please? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. To
0: talk about, and I thank you. It's, it's my favorite little conversation. Really? Regarding just breakthrough for every human being. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, some people get perplexed when I say motivation is for to be uninspired.
2: Ah. And
0: it almost feels like an insult to some people. Like, wait a minute, I'm going to a course this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I said $2,500. And what happens more often than not is they go to that course, they get their money, they get back on Sunday night, Monday morning, they lost their voice, they lost their money, and they have the same exact issues with dealing with. So motivation oftentimes is a temporary bandage for a purposeless soul. And it's and and then what happens is we go home from these If I see them in expensive and small doses and we go home and we think that there's something wrong with us like well how come when I got home everybody in that room probably is just zooming today but me no not true right. everybody in that probably in the same conversation you're in and that is how come it's not sustained mm-hmm. why did I feel so alive in that room that had like a basketball game environment
2: right yeah.
0: I get home and I just feel nothing. So that caused me to really excuse me, have a little cop lozenges. so okay. that caused me to think because one time I was doing a U of you
2: mm-hmm. um
0: and a, a teenage girl raised her hand, she was sitting next to her mom and she just little shy she just said, Um, can you talk about self worth and self esteem? I'll never forget when she said that, I was moved because this little girl, tender hearted had the courage to ask what I'm guessing was a serious question for her. Oh yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: And so I just gave a random answer and I felt so bad when I got home that night. And I just rehearsed the whole thing. I got to that part and I'm like, oh boy, we gotta edit that out, we gotta fix that. So I dove into what motivation is or what self worth is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that self worth is a moving target. Uh, no, excuse me, a lot of people think, I'm sorry, self-worth is a, a tattoo, that this person is born with high self-worth, this person is born with low self-worth, when in fact, self-worth is a moving target. And so I go deep into this question, deep, deep, deep. And I thought, man, self-worth is really the core of your business, your family, your relationships, your diet, your careers. I mean, it's at the base of it. So here's what came out. I'll, I'll cover it the best I can. I usually do it in a formal setting, but I'll do it in a more casual setting. Yeah. When children come to the earth, they come to this earth as dreamers. They never doubt. They're most beautiful. When a child walks into the room, they own them. Yeah. Uh, they're so unassuming, so kind, so loving. They're, they're the way we're supposed to be. Yeah. The idea to act like an adult sounds stupid to me. What? It's thick-headed and cynical and... Right. I'm gonna think on it for a week. Right. Kids don't think on anything for a week.
1: Right, right, exactly.
0: They just make a decision, the right decision. They just follow their hearts. And so I really went into that. when a kid is they're born a dream. And when they hit those teenage years, I'm just gonna be general today. But when they hit those teenage years and that first friendship falls apart, let's say this is their dreams. The dreams of love and family. You know, their dreams of what they want to be when they grow up. You ask your kids what they want to be when they grow up, and they say anything because they can, right? It's beautiful. Uh, maybe their physical health, or know, they never doubt their physical health. They're just more alive than ever. Um, how they interact with the community, and how they just view everybody indiscriminately. And, of course, spirituality is just, it's just endowed in children when they're born. They're yeah, just right. spiritual beings. Yeah. And so what happens is, when I talk about dreams, I'm not talking about the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. I'm talking about these things. Right. What happens as teenage years come. Yeah. Un- unknowingly. Yeah. That first friendship falls apart. What happens? Boom. There's a little dream separation.
2: Yeah, there and is.
0: That first boy breaks your heart. Ugh. Right? And then all of a sudden, that first job was a misfire. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now you're living over here. Without any dreams. Yeah. And you're poker facing. And the, the, the smile lines are slowly converting to frown because now you're a little young adult going, what just happened? Yeah. I was always so happy as a kid. Yeah. How many of us said that? Yeah. I was so happy as a kid. Well, unbeknownst to
2: you, yeah.
0: I'm talking to our audience, yeah. you're living in dream separation. Mm. This person over here is seeking motivation. And after a while, it's like whipping a dead horse. Mm. Because you're just separated from your dreams and your purpose. Yeah. So here's what happens. The prices that are paid during dream separation are lesser relationships, lesser money, mm. lesser diets. Mm. Because they're, they're suffering with self-worth issues this way. They're not, they're not driven by purpose anymore. They're driven by survival. Mm -hmm. And they're showing the world what good survivors they are, what good poker faces they are. So when they see somebody with the high self-worth, and they're like, oh, there's silver
2: spoon. Right.
0: and And they were born with it. No, they weren't.
2: Right. And when
0: we're here, also, we wonder why people hold us small. It's because during this time, there's a tendency to hold ourselves small. So, these people are seeking motivation. So, here's what I like to think. What about inspiration? What is that? Inspiration, when we talk about inspiration, you can watch a soccer game, a basketball game, and there's usually the announcer and then the color commentator. Yeah. And the color commentator was usually a former player, well known, articulate. And the color commentator would we'll use the word inspired in sports only once in a while. Really? Oh my gosh, Michael Jordan can't miss right now. He's shooting three throws with his eyes closed. He is playing completely out of his body. He is playing inspired.
2: Oh.
0: When they use the word inspired in sports, it means can't be stopped. Oh, you know, really?
1: Really? Okay?
0: Yeah. So I think in my life, like, okay, well, when was I ever inspired? Well, I could think of some time, but here's the problem. Here's our lifeline. Yeah. And there's these little spikes when we were inspired. Right? Little okay bikes were well. First time I had the hops for this girl Yeah.
2: Her name was,
0: and oh my gosh, I was inspired there for a bit. I walked flowers <laughs> to her house three miles each way, whatever. No problem with the bounce in my step every step of the way. Yeah. Nothing stopped me in that moment. Nothing could
2: stop yeah
0: I get there.
2: Later,
1: uh, a year
0: later, I'll never forget being inspired again, wanting to buy that first car. It was a 1968 Mustang. I'll never forget it. Man, I worked not one, not two, but two and a half jobs. Employee <laughs> of the month, a lazy teenager, right? All of a sudden, boom! Employee of the month. It's an inspired. I walked like with a bounce. I took driver's ed class, right? Got an A plus. I walked around like I was a scholar. Wow. You know, getting an A plus in driver's ed. And um, but I couldn't be stopped because I didn't want that car. There was nothing getting in my way. Wow. I think of the first time we buy a home. So we really got to have that house. We can see ourselves living in there in that neighborhood in that view and all of a sudden we go and do whatever it takes. We sign pages after pages after pages after pages. And when you think you're done, okay, you're halfway there. Then you sign more pages and right, initial, right. initial, initial. And we buy that house. And I always say mothers, especially, when they want to step up for their child, can't be stopped.
1: Yeah, inspired. right. So
0: that's kind of inspiration I'm talking about and usually there's real center point purpose that causes us to be inspired but the problem I'm seeing is they're just little spikes and we, we reflect back in our lives like why was I so happy why was I so dominant in my in my production how, how am I doing just so like I, I'm so alive was I thinking yeah. on cotton or feather pillows I, <laughs> that sort of country. You know, yeah. all these things we wanted to be sort valuing because that was the pinnacle of our yeah, dream. We right. to be like that forever. Absolutely. So here's what came up, Deb. During dream separation, you're looking for motivation. Really, the trick for every single one of us
1: is to reunite
0: with our purpose and our, our, our vision. Um, and again, our v- love and intimacy and relationships. Yeah. Our, v- our physically looking, to feel I want to fit back into those pants or that shirt. Right, <laughs> right exactly. That's how do you feel? Yes. Right? Yes. And number three, your money and your career. Whatever that means to you. There's yeah. trillions of
2: dollars out there. And it ain't running from you. Yep. Right.
0: So whatever the conversation is around money, embrace it. You know, go great through and just give yourself permission. And then number four would be um, your community. A lot of people complain about community. You know, we'll get out there and do something about it. Right? To right. With where there's nothing. And finally number five, the final piece is your spirituality. Mm-hmm. Something bigger than us so we don't get in the way so that our spirit our soul is large and in charge and our body is just small and subservient to that soul, that spirit. And that's see to me that's going back to purpose and by the way yeah. this is the person that people want to marry and make babies with. Yeah, right. And, right. and and the party doesn't start usually until these people arrive.
2: Yeah. It's in
0: the background. and go, oh well, they're special. They were given something more. They have more money. They were silver spoon. No, right, no, right. This kind of inspiration, this kind of self worth I'm talking about is available to every single one of us right now for the rest of our lives, and that's such an empowering thing to me. Because when you get here, energy doesn't lie.
1: Wow, boom <laughs> like a Christmas tree. They right.
0: walk in and boom. Yeah, right. right. And it's Right. So, to me, that's the form of inspiration that allows us to be center point, and this in itself is life giving in itself. Mm. The only successful you is the authentic you, and the only sustainable you is the authentic you. And the prices that are paid during dream separation are insurmountable. Many times, many of them are serious, and some people go through their lives, and I hate to say this. Like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely separated.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, the things that we're trying to be and do and create in our lives. So that is the that is the recipe
1: for inspiration,
0: motivation being for the uninspired. <laughs> and uh, I I, just, I don't think motivation is a bad word. Because no. I we're motivated to do something this week, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the wrong word for a yeah. lifestyle.
1: I love that. And what I hear, and I and I had an inkling. Um, that when you were talking about the difference between motivated and inspired, inspired really comes from within and motivated is so external. And, you know, when I, and I've gone to the events too. I mean, there's people who I really admire who, who put on events who are called motivational. They don't want to be, they want to be called, you know, inspiring or, or uh, results driven. Okay. But, Your room has got four walls of windows, and you've got them blackened out. It's summertime, and you've got the air conditioning down to 58 because you think that people need to be amped up. And you're right. It's like a basketball game, and and people are jumping around. I always feel awkward because in those situations, (laughs) instead of getting into it, I recoil. I get quiet. I want a blanket because I want to watch. I want to drink it in. I came in inspired, and I feel like I, if I'm not shiny enough and loud enough and bouncing enough, then that must mean that I'm not going to get it. But guess what? That Every time I've done that, the person in the front of the room has called on me wanting to know, <laughs> what, what, what? Why aren't you? Come on, get up and move. Come on, come up on the stage and dance. No, thank you.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that, Deb. I love that you just said that because I've always felt self-righteous or or, or stubborn is the word I would use. Yeah. They say, okay, Ron Cooker, let's practice. Let's practice <laughs> it. You practice it on them. <laughs> I can't do that for the life." I can't
1: either. I'm the
0: worst practicer ever. Don't. But if the game is online and we're really playing, Yeah.
1: Out of the way. Right. <laughs> Don't ask me to role play. I can't do it. I hate that. I hate that. Whenever I've been put in that spot, I say, I I, I can't do it. I just can't. It's stop. Please. I'm begging you. Don't make me. Don't.
0: The role play for me is very inauthentic. Yes. It's not real. And people are saying, well, you just felt inauthentic. Because I was
1: inauthentic. But what I would like to demonstrate right now is this yeah no I can't I can't do it either so I love that because um inspiration here here's a really good one for you I think my mom and dad raised me with and I had an older sister and an older brother six and twelve years older than me and my my uh my dad's mom had been living with my mom and dad for 13 years by the time I arrived now she was getting a little senile She was pretty fussy with my mom. She thought my dad hung the moon. He was the prince. And I think my parents were getting kind of tired. And my sister and brother loved grandma, but they were watching the dynamic. So my parents said to me, I mean, every birthday, and then anytime I was naughty or if I was particularly good, I heard the story, do you know, daddy and I, or, you know, mom and I, We dreamt you. You were a vision before we ever conceived you. We had been talking about you. We wanted to have a baby girl with brown hair and brown eyes who was really happy. You were a twinkle before there was anything to twinkle about because we were inspired. And I thought, wow, that's really something. And then when you were born, Dr. Johnston came out of the delivery room and said, This is the happiest baby any of us have ever seen. Now, here's, hang on a second. This doesn't have anything to do with me. This is all about my family, okay? So this isn't any gloating here. What they all wanted was they wanted comedic relief. (laughs) Life was stressful. In the last three years of grandma's life was the first three years of my life. And I had grandma who had big fuzzy white hair. She used to teach me how to blow bubbles out of saliva and make sounds like a motorboat. So, (laughs) and yeah, when I was down for a nap, she used to come in my room and come over to the crib and with her Swedish accent. Yeah. Baby, come on, baby. (laughs) Wake me up. My mother would freak out. Why are you waking her up? Oh dear God, we needed a break. This child is too energetic. Inspired comes from a divine place. And and it was I love the way that you said it when we arrive here on earth because I love the idea that we are infinite and we are we are infinite energy and 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 we 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 are out here flying around and we decide I think with the help of God with the direction, right? <clears throat> our mighty mentor that, okay, well, those are the people I'm going to, I want to be there. So we fly into them and we get creative. And so, you know, I just went flying into them and it was like, wow, you know, this is a pretty groovy place to land. This is great. Yeah. So how do you not be inspired and how do people hear that? I mean, think about, and and by the way, every time I work with couples, and we start talking about their children. I ask them, the woman in particular, do you remember the conception? Oh, yeah. Do they? Oh, yeah. It's a very interesting conversation to have. But if they look at me and go, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. You give me about 11 minutes. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do.
0: Women
1: know too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. They know what they know what's going down that night what the man does I mean the man's just there you
1: know it's just funny it is funny but we do better with men when we let them in on it sure. yeah when you let a man in on it then it the, the whole dynamic just sort of, boy talk about inspired <laughs> right. and then you know what's gonna happen <laughs> whole thing i mean we could look with inspired i love the story i love the way that you do that and i can just envision this multitude of ways to deliver this everywhere
0: well this message right here is a book i mean it's it's motivations for the uninspired and it's a beautiful message it's just a powerful i've never met anybody and I don't mean to sound like I'm overly confident because I don't want to sound that way. I just I'm probably overly passionate about this, but
1: let's just call you passionate and confident. I've, I've done that
0: message around the world, and I've never seen more lights click on in people's eyes yeah. when I tell the story of motivation versus uh, inspiration. Yeah. These are the people people want to marry, make yeah. babies with, go right. into business with. Yeah. When they hear it, like that is so. Mm
1: -hmm. So (laughs) So here's what I'm going to do I'm going to put my Now for those of you who are on our audio audience When when Ron is talking about That he's putting his hands together And lining up the five fingers on each hand Palm to palm, finger to finger And so when you want to do a deal Bring your palms together and say yes And when you don't, just misalign them (laughs) That's all you have to say And remember that
0: Sometimes this does slip This
2: Always, yep.
0: You, you feel a little bit
2: displaced.
1: Yep, it yep. why,
0: and why do I feel so displaced, you yeah. know, um, Super Bowl Sunday, it's like this for me.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. The hands will never, Twain, will they yeah.
0: meet? They will slip, but people need to be realistic and practical about it and realize it's a discipline, and you'll know when you're there. Yeah. Sort of. When I'm in a meeting, I really try my hardest to just go right back here. Yep. in that meeting, because... That energy
1: yeah. speaks harder than my words. Yeah,
0: it does. And people want to gravitate to that kind of thing.
1: They really do. You know, the other thing, Ron, is when we're in our relationships with people, whether they're the ultimate love affair, intimate relationship, or it's a you know, intimate friendship, um a business relationship. And you know, one of the things I've noticed about myself is I don't just have a um, an appreciation for intimacy. I like relationships that are really deep to deep. I don't want, it's like Parker Palmer said, when we meet each other and we say, hi, how are you? Yes, yeah, sometimes it's really casual, but for the most part, we really want to know who that other person is. We really want that intimate, deep to deep connection. And, and so inside of that deep to deep, we, we want to be able to take the two hands and put them together. And if, by the way, we have that slippage and the hands are not touching or there's a few fingers off, don't we want to always, 100% of the time, I mean seriously, be able to go to the other person and just hold up our hand and have them put their hand there? I mean, really and truly, I can tell you that that for me is exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. And by the way, if there's a moment of hesitation, you know, like on a Zoom call, I'd like to be able to and have the other person put their hand up there too, or in, in real life, be able to, you know, no matter what the mood of the person was, be able to say, hey, look over here for a minute and just hold up the hand and just. Have it trigger, because that inspiration runs so authentic and deep.
0: Well, it's really funny that you say this, because if I were to intuitively dig deeper, I'm not the, I don't have the science that you have or the clinical understanding that you have. But if I were to go deeper than that and say, the person who lives their life like this yeah, part. I have a greater propensity of drinking and not knowing why. Yes. I have a greater propensity of just eating junk food because I don't care. Well, if you were
1: here, you would care. Yeah, that's right.
0: And so
1: forth and so forth and so forth. Yep. You know, uh, one of the very first talks that I heard you do, which really has stayed with me 100%, was you were talking about this without talking about it this way, and you were talking about healthfulness, and how health is not an event, it's a habit. It's not an occasion, it's a habit. So it's what we do all day and throughout the day and the choices that we make. So when you come to me, if you if you're coming to me with your business or your friendship or your deep passionate love, don't be coming to me with all your cockadoodle do. Bring me your wellness. You use the word sick, you know? Don't don't come to me with all your sick. I mean, really, sickness is disease, and disease is your state of uncomfortableness. And it's not a blame game; it's an awareness. And so, the thing that we have to do in the way of getting people into wellness and well-being is to get them comfortable. And people are always working so hard to get out of their head. Why do you eat junk food? Ah, it's an escape. Why do you drink liquor? It's oh, it's an escape. What are you escaping from? Shopaholics. What are you going out and running, running, running for? That escape. How about if we stay and we get into our head here? How about I have a unique idea. How about if we get into our head and our heart and we create synchronicity? What does that feel like?
0: Uh, you got me brain spinning that I should write these books, for, because because you got me thinking that number one. Motivation for the Uninspired is a really powerful book. I bet that's the And then the other one you just talked about, the health, is called play. And it's a difference between practice and play. Yep. And not to discriminate anybody or anything. Right. In healthcare right now, it's not really health care. It's a lot of sick care. What's missing is the elephant in the room, and that's the patient. The patient needs to play better. So they're going to. They're they're going somewhere so somebody can practice on them. Mm -hmm. There's beautiful things in practice. There's all kinds of beautiful things. There's x-rays. There's blood panel work. There's certain hip replacements or knee replacements. Things that are just so emergency room medicine. They save lives all day long. But um, there should be a line where the rest of us stop looking for the practice and start playing because what's missing is the play. And um, and, and that's just a powerful message, too. It's a whole story about the hospital Yeah,
2: it the small is.
0: Towns. You're either a patient or an employee in that small town. That's right. So it's very telling. All
1: right, so I'll tell you what. I'll jump on my computer and send you the opening.
0: Well, you we might want to get these knocked out really quick because I got two of them. Motivation for the Uninspired and Play. And I think there was a third one in my brain, and I was writing down while you were talking for a second because um, they're just really powerful, profound messages right now. The other one might be along the lines of what we're experiencing in today's politics. And it's called What Unites Us. And it would break down, you know, this whole idea. Like, I'm approaching this election not as a red or a blue, but I think I'm approaching it more independently this year because if you say you're red or blue, you're almost putting up your dukes, you know? And when you say you're independent, then you're free to choose and acknowledge that no one has a corner on equality. No one has a corner on kindness or a strong economy, or a secure nation or illegal immigration legally.
1: You know, nobody has a corner on
0: these things. And somehow when you get in the red and blue conversation, you're almost acknowledging that, oh, man, I have to forfeit some of my good chips. Mm-hmm. No, you're independent, you can talk about it like the strengths of both sides and then pick a side and you got to vote. Yeah, I get it. you got to pick somebody to vote for, but you don't have to put up your dukes before you ever open your mouth, you know?
1: So I thought of the other book, Alignment of the Hands.
0: Oh, uh, interesting. Is that on, is that on the uh, Motivation and Inspiration?
1: Here's the, here's the little pad of of notes. (laughs) so Great. We ought to send uh, screenshots. So, you know, here's one of the things that runs through my mind, and that is, and we've talked about this, the element of kindness that keeps missing in the world. The kindness, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, it doesn't happen anymore, Ron. But once upon a time, about a decade ago, when I started The K Factor and and talking about kindness, uh, people were, were sort of laughing like, oh, yeah, here she comes, little kindness queen. There you go. You got a bucket of kindness on you there today, Deb? Uh, okay, well that would be Doctor Deb for you.
0: <laughs> we
1: need to talk. And yes, I have I have a net full of butterflies. Would you like me to release them here so that we could really play and have fun? And nobody ever refuted that, you know. So if I if I it, and by the way, this is sort of embarrassing, but you know when when I am authentically who I am, I am very kind, and so it's it's genuine. And then people can't resist it, right? Because what's to resist when somebody's really inspired and kind? But I will tell you, there have been twice in my life in the last decade when I got caught being just horrible. I mean, awful. Oh, just so icky and fussy, and and they were both. One was one was with a a, a service person that I was working with, a clerk, and the other was with um a friend of mine. And I was just having a wretched time. I was in a, a really just a, a really hard place, like that, like the Karma rocks where in Tibet you have to you have to try to squeeze through the narrow opening. And I said to the Tibetan monk, "What happens if you get stuck?" He says, "Then you have bad karma." I said, "Yeah, but you can hardly get through there. I mean, you're going to break your ribs. Then that's your bad karma. You got to you know you got to figure it out before you go through there." Well, in both of these cases, the person said to me. You know, like real close up in my face. So, aren't you the one who's always talking about kindness and the K factor? Aren't you kind of embarrassed? Wow. Yeah, I've had some slippage. You're absolutely right. I'm humiliated by myself. The slippage of kindness is tragic. The slippage of kindness is tragic. And it really is. Because look at how we see people behaving.
0: Well, I think I think there's no way we can go higher if we don't experience more, you know. And yeah. there's no way we can go lower probably unless we experience higher. So again, it's that polarity thing. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect, you know. I know I'm not. You know, um, I have some rough edges, but I almost welcome them because I, I look at those, that's kind of like my personal tool shed. You know?
1: Yeah, right, exactly.
0: I kind go of got there to work on it a little bit. And, you know, the guy who has a tool shed, it's sad when he has no more projects. You know? Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I have
1: plenty of work in my shed. Right. I'll never be. I will never be sad that I don't have more work to do on myself. So, um uh. I like the way, and I think I brought this up one other time, I like the way that Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, talks about it. And that, that is when she says we're living in the contrast. You know, when, when you're over here and you're thinking, geez, I can't stand it here. I don't want to be here. I want that and I want that and I want that. Well, okay, but you can't get from here to there, your dream landing space, like that you have to live in the contrast and then see what are the steps i need to take to be there not get there but be there and when you do that then you open up all the doorways and you allow things that are about goodness that are of, of benefit for all and harm to none that's when that's when the ultimate is happening right I love it. Yeah, love it. I do too.
0: Well said. That's very well said. Um, yeah. I think it's... Uh, so let's, let's quickly kind of segue, if you don't mind. Yeah. To, um, to the time is.
1: Um, we have seven minutes left.
0: What's going on in politics right now? You know, it's funny. Because I'm doing <clears> and <throat> all this stuff has come out on Hunter Biden's computer and Joe's voicemails and And all that kind of stuff, a lot of people sort of celebrated like somebody else's misery. And I I don't, you know, I don't, I said this in a post, I don't really relish in their downfalls, but I find peace in the confirmation of peace. Absolutely, (laughs) yep. Because I'm never feeling great about what I've been seeing displayed on the left, you know, with regards to law enforcement or looting or just the way things have been going,
1: you know, I'm trying
0: to picture Martin Luther King running out of a target with a fixed screen TV, you know, uh, I just can't.
1: Never in uh, a million this, years.
0: This, this historic leader, Martin Luther King, never protested at night and never used violence. And um, so I guess all I'm trying to say is that it's, it's nice that certain facts surface. Um, and to find out that Hillary invented the Russia collusion thing—it was—it was a plan. Mm. Wow, you know, and all the money and time that's been spent trying to impeach the current president. Who is abrasive at times. I get it, but all the money spent—a lot of it's based on a lot of fear that must be on the other side, you know, because he's the kind of guy that's just turning over stones, you know, and freaking people out.
1: Absolutely, the man. Here's two things to take my breath away about him. excuse me i've never seen anybody in the presidential position who we all didn't say can you aren't you worried i mean all the wrinkles on the face the graying of the hair not this guy i mean he looks better now post corona or i'm going to call it wuhan because let's be accurate about it um he looks better now than he did beforehand so i have no doubt that he knows every spa treatment but I do not believe that he's a man who's had any plastics done. I think that he is a guy who just really wants to take great care of himself. He's got a beautiful young wife. He's got a beautiful family. And I mean, they all look really healthy. So that's one thing, but you know, I I read something um, about the ways in which in the midst of all this, somebody said, would you so? What's more important, somebody who accomplishes everything and is effective, but they have terrible behavior, or someone who's really well mannered? And, and I and I was kind of thrown by the comment. This was on social media, and I and I I had to I had to think about it for a minute. And Then I thought I need to investigate the person who wrote that post so I'll know what their perspective is. And I did. And what they meant was, I'd rather be with someone who's polite and ineffectual than someone who's accomplished, but they're just horrible to deal with. And that's
0: clearly a personality trait of the the person posting, you know. Maybe there's somebody in their life that was authoritarian who, you know, I I, I don't do well when somebody's telling me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I don't either. I kind of like shut (laughs) down. Secret, by the way. The way, I, the way I break it down is that one candidate left billion-dollar enterprise to go serve his country. Yeah. And the other one served his country to, to try to build a billion-dollar
1: enterprise. I think that that's perfect. That's very well stated. And by the way, our president is not horrible and horrible to deal with, unless you put him in the position. Of having to get tough, and excuse me, I think around the world right now, if you're not really tough, people are going to be coming after America the way that they've that they've taken advantage of us. I mean, who goes to every port and every disaster to rescue the rest of the world? The United States.
0: Well, some of us have triggers in us that cause us to step up. Yeah. I think his triggers adversity. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, that, that, it, it's not pretty, but it's working for him. Yeah. It's working for our country. And a lot of people just struggle with that, that they wish he looked more like a figure skater when he was doing this stuff than what he does. <laughs> but,
1: They have a charming side, yeah, without a good doubt. Good. But I do like the figure skater sort of imagery.
0: Well, <laughs> cool. I thought a figure skater. One time, Olympics, I don't know, several Olympics ago, and it showed a guy doing pirouettes. <laughs> a hockey
1: player came out of nowhere and went, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, "Oh my gosh!" Well, friends, this is another episode of The Daily Show with Ron Williams and Dr. Deb Carlin, and we are the news. Don't forget it. So until tomorrow, peace out, right? Okay, hang on.